You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we'll be doing another deal analysis and on an investment fourplex in Denver in just a great location. My name is Chris Lopez. I'm an agent at Earcast Real Estate, run the Denver Investment Real Estate website, and this is a transaction I was able to help put together with some clients. I've also got Preston Newberry on here, who's also an agent and part of the team. Preston, glad to have you on the show. Great to be back, Chris. Thanks for having me on. So this is a uh, so let's talk about the location first because our our clients they their main goal was not to get a um, you know maximize cash flow that was not their main goal now of course they want uh, you know a property that performs that pays for itself and does cash flow but being it the the best cash flow is not their main goal they wanted to be in a great part of town uh, so that way they had strong demand and could hopefully get more rental increases and more appreciation over you know the next you know couple decades or so. So based off of you know their goals and timelines, what they wanted, uh, we just started hunting for properties. And they're like, hey, great, anything that makes sense, let's look at it. And so this one came across our radar. It was an off-market fourplex, uh, but just in a great location. It's on South Broadway, so that's you know Broadway south of I-25. And if you've been there before, um, you know there's a lot happening there. Lots of restaurants, lots of retail, lots of you know new Class A apartment buildings, and then there's also walking distance to the light rail station not too far from there. So just a great location there. And remember, the basics of real estate is always if you know you can change everything about the property, but not the location. So their priority was a great location, and then finding a good investment within there wanting to uh, make the location the priority. Based with a long-term plan of take the cash flow now and ride the wave of change and appreciation. And if that change doesn't happen or takes longer than expected, great, the property still you know cash flows and, and pays for itself. And the other thing that made this property interesting was it's a mixed-use building. So it's got some residential units in there, the fourplex, it's got some commercial, you know, just a, a small uh, like office part, and then it's got some retail stores. So when you look at that, that can it definitely makes things a little bit trickier, especially with the lending side of things. So we had to really uh, play with the lending game. We'll talk about that in a minute because it's a, you know it's just one of the things that makes this property unique, and we'll talk about the lending here in a minute. But all four units were one bedroom, one bathrooms. Uh, the sellers were originally gonna. Wanted to sell for seven forty five. We were able to get it down to the low seven thirties. So that was, uh, you know, that's always nice if we can get a few dollars off. And again, just to repeat why we liked it: location, location, location. And then the property had been updated fairly recently, so good cosmetic work um, and a lot of those other items as well. So it should be a great location with a property in good shape. Now, Preston, talk about the contract on here. Walk us through this. Yeah, so as you mentioned, this one again came from uh, from our network, and it just happened to be a great fit for our clients with uh, the location and all the goals they had in mind. Um, so, you know, kind of working forward from there, we reached out to the seller and uh, talked about some terms and kind of you know figured out where everybody needed to be. And based on the rental income and just some of the comps in the area, you know, we figured it was going to be a little bit less than uh, than their original asking price. So after we sorted through all that, you know, we were able to come up with a price that worked for everybody and. 
Um, you know, after we started going through the inspection, um, <laughs> kind of an interesting thing happened. We were uh, there in one of the vacant units and discovered a pipe that had burst. Luckily, our go-to inspector is very, very thorough and uh, noticed that there was a bunch of well, leaking water and, and water damage on one of the units. So uh, notified the sellers right away. And um, that was kind of one of the big, uh, big catch-ups for us was making sure that all that got sorted out. So um, you know, between the broken pipe, some punch list items, there was one water heater that needed to be replaced and also a, a broken window. So not too big, uh, as far as that goes, but definitely wanted to get the water damage sorted out. So, um, luckily the seller being a, an apartment flipper, uh, was able to get a crew in there right away and they got all the water damage fixed and everything, uh, sorted out and the sellers were very pleased. And then. But the uh, financing, we went through uh, a local bank because they wanted to do an ARM product on there, get lower interest rates, and so could also just lend directly to an LLC. So, you know, the bank knew from right away that, yeah, it was a mixed-use building. It did cause some confusion as they started going underwriting, went to loan committee. So there was some back and forth, a couple curveballs in there, all like technical stuff. But in the, the day, we were able to, you know, get the loan on there. Um, just took a little bit of extra time. So it ended up being a commercial loan on there. So it's a mixed-use building. The appraisal came in at value. As Preston talked about, no seller concessions since they took care of all the inspection items. No PMI and no interest rate buy-down. So we took the numbers here. I got a couple of screenshots from Joe Massey's rental property spreadsheet. If you want to see the numbers yourself, you can go check the blog post, which was in the show notes here. Or send us an email, we'll send you a copy of the spreadsheet so you can see it yourself, but we'll give you the highlight right now. So they put 25% down on this property, purchase price is $733. Uh, so all in for about $195 or so, so just under $200,000. Mortgage rate was about four and one-eighth, so 4.125%. And the monthly rents on the place. Uh, are the rents plus rent utility bill back of 150, 50, 50. So about an extra $250 a month in rental or in a utility bill back is included in these rents. So altogether, they had a rental and utility income of about $4,700. We put in a 5% vacancy, 3% rent increase, 3% appreciation. Going to the next section on operating expenses, they are paying for property management, and uh, our preferred property manager charges 7%, ran up to 8% um, to help cover any miscellaneous fees on there. Now, for the monthly reserves, we put in 5%, which we often don't do for uh, multi-units. But what's interesting about this property is that there actually is an HOA. So... I can't remember all the exact numbers. So there's, you know, the residential, retail, commercial. And is there like, um, well, like, was there like 15 total units in that uh, property, Preston? Yeah, there was about 15. I think it was maybe 13 or 15 units. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, there were a couple, uh, you know, commercial type uh, retail areas, um, just some office space. So uh, quite a unique little situation there with their own self-managed HOA. Yeah. And so with that, um, that self-managed HOA, every one of those units, they, they pay their fees. So for uh, that fourplex, their share is about $530 a month. And this covers a lot. This covers 
exterior maintenance, a lot of capital expenditures, snow removal, uh, covers uh, some of the utilities uh, like, you know, water, sewer, trash, those types of things. So a question came in here going back up uh, to a few minutes ago saying, if you had to explain rubs in 15 seconds, is it actually calculated every month or does the lease just say renter pays $100 a month in utilities? So when we, re we refer to it and this location, it's just a flat rate. Uh, sometimes they do, do like a pro rata and bill back the people or bill back the tenants. But all the leases I've seen, the way I've done mine, they just have like a flat rate. So it's pretty common to see like 25 for water, 25 for trash, 25 for gas, and adds up to 50 or 75 or $100 a month. So it just becomes a flat rate amount. And usually leases have a provision written in there saying if utilities are you know a lot higher than estimated, the landlord has the right to go back and collect more money from the tenants. Now, practicality, I don't know how many landlords actually do it because usually it's like one of those good enough things. Like I've not met any landlords that really care about, okay, yeah, okay, I spent $40 more this month on utilities. Um, so some months you pay more, some months you pay less, but there are those provisions in there. But from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, it's, you actually get better traction saying, hey, rent is this plus rubs. So if, if rent's $1,400 plus $100 in rubs, you'll get more traction than saying your rent's $1,500 a month with no rubs. So it's just the way, another psychological thing. So yeah, definitely keep that in mind. And you can see that across uh, single family homes all the way up to apartment buildings. So going to real estate taxes, uh, just under $1,900. And then they have to get insurance, which is basically just the walls and insurance because the HOA takes care of the exterior insurance. So their insurance is about $1,700 for everything. Beyond that, there were no other fees because the landscaping, the utilities are either paid by the HOA or paid by the tenant. So going on to the cash flow tab of Joe's spreadsheet, total annual expenses are about $17,000 a year. Uh, subtract that out, gives you a net operating income of about $36,000 a year. Subtract the mortgage payments and you're at just about $4,000 a year in annual cash flow. So this gives it a 4.9% cap rate. So this is lower than a lot of the cap rates we talk about. But what's different about this property than other properties is location. This is just a great location with so much new stuff going on, so much transitioning. That's what you expect to see. Because generally speaking, the better the location, the lower the cap rate. That's just the way real estate generally works. So in the cap rate, you know, is it going to actually be higher or lower? Might be a little higher, just depending on how things underwrite it. But we try to be conservative and realistic. Um, and also, if you look at cap rates in that part of town, they are just all over the board because there's so much old stuff, so much new stuff. Um, cap rates vary dramatically, but overall, like this is a great play because of property cash flows, uh, upside and rents in the long run, and just ride that wave of change. I mean, Preston, when you see a 4.9% cap rate, I give you my opinion. What's, what's yours? Yeah, I was just going to touch on that, Chris. I mean, obviously, you know, a 4.9 cap rate here in Denver isn't uh, terrible, but it's also not that great. But whenever you kind of take into all the other uh, accounts of the property, the location, all that stuff, you're going to end up paying a premium for something in this part of town, especially something that's been rehabbed and was in as good a shape as it was. So, um, you know, honestly, knowing the details of the property and the location, I think getting this property to 4.9 cap is actually a really good deal for our clients. Yeah, I agree too. I mean, just based on location, everything. And the reality is too, is like, 
it's always important to look at, hey, what's the difference between a 4.9 cap and a 5.5 cap? Well, the reality is it's not going to be like a huge swing in cash flow. I often see people get so fixated on the certain, you know, cash on cash or cap rate return that it's three tenths of a point lower than they want. And then they're, they're oh, it's not going to work. It's like, well, I've actually ran the numbers at it. Like it's not, it's not a, that huge of a swing. I realize it's not the benchmark you want, but also realize that three tenths of a point is really not that big of a deal. Or, hey, you know, we underwrote this way. Yeah, I can make it a higher cap rate if I fluff my numbers like a lot of, uh, listing agents who sell multifamilies out there where it's like, oh yeah, this is a, a, a seven cap. Right. All you're paying for though is property taxes and insurance. There's no maintenance. There's no repairs. There's no property management. There's no nothing. So don't get super fixated on just the return metric because those can be manipulated by the way you underwrite it. And also realize that a lot of times a couple percents or you know a couple tenths of a point, it's not a big deal in the long run. Um, so a question here and Preston, I'm going to let you answer this one while I read, what would you expect the cash flow for a building like this with prime location to look like over the long term? Is it reasonable to assume that if they hold on to this for 15 years, the cash flow will be much bigger in 15 to 20 years? Yeah. Jumping into that. Um, I mean, obviously the, the play here is you're going to have a lot of uh, numbers at work. So, you know, between the debt pay down, the cash flow, the appreciation, all that kind of stuff, you're going to see some higher returns as you move along. Uh, but ideally you're going to want to, you know, within the next seven to 10 years, end up pulling some cash out. Um, so whether you end up, you know, selling the property and doing a 1031 or refine the property to pull some cash out, you always want to make sure that the property is is performing. And so, you know, you don't want to be over leveraged or under leveraged and allowing that equity to just sit there and not go to work for you. So that's the the big play with a, a property like this. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, we always talk about, Hey, with properties, you can hold on to it and pay it off and enjoy the cash flow, do a cash out refi or sell and do a 1031. No right or wrong. Just kind of depends on what you want, what the property does, what the market does. But with all those scenarios, having a property in a prime location like this, uh, it just gives you, it makes all three of those options very, very attractive. Because if prices go up, hey, that's great for a refi, that's great for selling. Um, but also in this location, you should see rents go up, continue to see a strong demand as well, because there's a lot of new Class A stuff up there. You don't see many one bedrooms out there in that $1,100 range because they're going for a lot more than that. So, yeah. Should expect to see more cash flow just because it's a a hot area and you're going to hopefully bump up rents there because people will pay a premium to live in certain areas uh, versus other, you know, other parts of town. And this, like I said, is just a great walking location. It's one of those areas where, hey, great, you can actually get by without a car if you, you know, use public transportation. And of course, do some Ubering here and there as well. So that was a great question. And that is such an important thing to look at. Um, to kind of go off on a total tangent here, you know, kind of going back to looking at properties, not just in Denver, but around just around the country, because like, oh, well, this is a, a five cap rate. Well, I can get a seven cap rate or an eight cap rate in Kansas City or whatever part of town it is. And all they look at is just that one metric and that snapshot of time. I think it's so important to look at, hey, great, what's the metric now? But also, let's think about how this property is going to play out. What's this area going to do? What's the renters going to be like? What's going to develop around it? What's the demand going to be? Because that long run uh, 
outlook as well is going to have a big impact on your property. Because yeah, we usually buy the properties based on the numbers now, but hey, would you rather own a property in uh, South Broadway or would you rather own a property in, and I don't know, other town, you know, some other town out of the country? Yeah, you might get a higher cap rate out of there, but in the long run, we're probably going to see a lot more upside here in Denver. Don't can't guarantee it, but I'm saying that's one of the things to look at too. And even within certain markets like Denver, great parts of South Broadway, that's a hot area, and probably just ride that wave. And versus like an apartment building in Littleton or somewhere else where it's not going through a major transitionary or a major growth phase. So Preston, I got all my notes uh, taken care of. You got any final thoughts as we wrap this one out? I think we touched on everything, Chris. This, uh, you know, again, was another unique property being that it was in such a mixed use area, but uh, location was prime and, you know, the property was in really good shape and just another good, solid play for our clients. Great. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Preston, thank you for joining me today. And as always, if you guys need help analyzing properties, you need help putting together a plan to go out there and start buying rentals or achieving your longer term cash flow goals, reach out to us. We help with the planning, we help the execution. That's what we do. That's why I became realtors. It's what we enjoy. So thanks, everyone. Preston, thank you, man. Thanks, Chris.